0: How did Jesus get to the other side? What is he talking about with bread? What in the world is going on here? We'll find out along with the crowd today on this edition of Bible Study Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Bible Study Podcast. It's Friday and my name is Justin. I'm so glad to be here with you today and and I hope that you're glad to be listening as well. We've got an exciting study in store today as we continue on through John chapter 6. Now as you may remember from last time, we saw Jesus stepping into a boat with the disciples and instantly going to the other side of the lake. As we pick up today, I'd like to take you through through this journey as a member of the crowd. But before we do that, allow me a moment to give you a couple of announcements. First, I'd just like to thank you for your patience and listening. I, I've been suffering from a broken hard drive, but the kind folks at HP have ensured me that they have the problem under control and I should be up and running as as usual fairly soon. I'm also, I'd also like to remind you that if you need to get in contact with me, or just if you'd like to get in contact with me for any reason, Feel free to at Bible Study Podcast Justin at gmail dot com. With that being said, let's open up with a word of prayer. Lord, we are constantly reminded of how weak and feeble we truly are, and we realize that it is in you that we may have life. Forgive us for the wrongs which we commit, and grant us peace and guidance as we seek to follow you in all things. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I'd like to start out today by reading verses 22 to 25 of chapter 6 of the Gospel of John. The next day the crowd that stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other small boat there except one, and that Jesus had not entered with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples had gone away alone. There came other small boats from Tiberias near to the place where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, Nor his disciples, they themselves got into the small boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Now, we remember that Jesus was not on the other side of the lake now, for he had hitched a ride with the disciples to the other side of the lake in a scene very reminiscent of the exodus of old. Well, now the crowd is wondering about... (laughs) What is taking place here? You see, they had all seen that the disciples went away without Jesus, and they saw that there was no other boat there, so they began to look around. Now, verse 23 says, They noticed that there were other small boats in the area, but realized Jesus was not with them either, nor were his disciples. So they began to search, and they actually found him on the other side of the sea and asked him the best question available When did you get here? How in the world did you make it over here? In other words, what's kind of going on here? When answering their question, Jesus will make one of the most profound statements of the book and will give the first of many I Am claims of the Gospel of John. So in order to see how this works, let's continue on and read verses 26 to 27. Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. Which the Son of Man will give to you, for on him the Father, even God, has set his seal. What Jesus is telling them is, yes, I know that you seek me, but not because of signs or miracles. Which, as we mentioned earlier in this study, would be an indication that he was of God. He's basically saying here that you weren't following me because I'm from above, but because you got your belly filled. You got to eat. But be careful, he warns them. Make sure that you don't work for the food that perishes. Instead, work for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for the Father has set his seal on him. Now, this is a pretty big statement that Jesus has just made. He's telling the people, you shouldn't look for the temporal food, because the temporal food that loaves and fishes, they are just that. They're temporal. They'll rot away. They'll be gone. Instead, you should look for the food that is everlasting. But what kind of food is that? Well, it's the food that's given by the Son of Man. But why would he do that? Well, he does it because the Father has set his seal on the Son of Man. In other words, it is by the approval of the Father that the Son is able to give food, which will never fail. Now, remember at this point that food is the sustenance of life. It is the way that one continues to live. In order to live, you must have energy. In order to have energy, you must have food. It is in this analogy that Jesus is now working as he tells the people to seek food which is eternal. In other words, seek food which will always give life. The crowd, hearing what was just said, gives it their best shot, asking Jesus in verse 28, "Okay, well what should we do so that we may work the works of God?" Now I think this question seems fair enough. You know, if you're telling us to look for eternal food from the Son of Man, what must we do to get it? How can we earn it? Well, Jesus answers strongly in verse 29, saying, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Basically, Jesus is saying, this is it. This is the only work of God. Here it is. You must believe in him whom the Father has sent. In other words, there is no work that can be done to earn it. The only thing that will give you this food is believing in the one whom the Father sent, the Christ, Jesus himself. Now, here's where there's a twist, which I find to be very interesting. The people's answer is found in verses 30 and 31, which we will read. So they said to him, What then do you do for a sign, so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. See, the people do understand somewhat what's going on. Jesus has just claimed that if people wanted eternal food, they must believe in him. Now, the people, recognizing this as a claim to divinity, demand a sign. They say, hey, if you are who you claim you are, prove it. Further, they note that our fathers ate manna in the wilderness under Moses, quoting from Exodus. They're almost just putting this out in Jesus' face, saying, hey, Moses gave us bread to prove he was speaking a word from God. What do you have to show me? Jesus responds by first refuting their claim and then showing why his claim is true. Let's read verses 32 and 33. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. You see, first he refutes their statement by saying, No, 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 no. It wasn't Moses that gave you the bread. It was God the Father. He is the one who gave you the true bread from heaven. Then he begins to expand on this thought by saying that the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. In other words, the bread that God gives you from heaven, this is the eternal bread that I was talking about. It is this bread that gives life to the world. Well, the people still don't seem to completely understand what he's saying as as they tell him, Lord, always give us this bread. Now, it seems to me that the people are kind of stuck on this idea of the bread that he's speaking of as a literal, you know, wheedy kind of bread. So, of course, they want this bread. After all, who would not want bread that would never run out? Sustenance that always continued on. Well, here Jesus drops a bombshell on the people. Let's read verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, And he who believes in me will never thirst. You see, Jesus told them that he was the bread from heaven. He was the bread that God had sent to the people. It is Jesus to whom all will go. It is him in whom all who believe will never thirst. The point, friends, is just this that Jesus is the bread of life. It is through him that all may have eternal life. What does it take? Believing in Jesus. Let me extend this invitation to you today. The Bible says that we have all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. Further, the wages of sin is death. We've all sinned, so we all deserve death. But it's through Christ that we may have salvation from sin and death. It's by believing in Him that we may be saved from our life of sin to an eternal life. If you have not trusted in Him, I, I want to encourage you and really ask you today, Will you trust Him to save you from your sins? As we think about Thanksgiving, as we approach that date here in America at least, we think about what are we thankful for? You know, And we look forward to eating the turkey and gathering around the table and maybe eating those giant rolls, which I love. But let me ask you something. We know that we eat that food out of thankfulness. We eat it because it gives us life, it gives us energy. Do we think about who really gives us life? You know, I've encouraged you the last week to be thinking about who you can bring to your Thanksgiving meal. Who you can bless as a result of what God has done for you this year. I want to ask you, does that thought even come to your mind? Are you thankful at all? Let me tell you something. If you don't know Christ, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior... Make this a thanksgiving to remember. See, friends, we all sinned. There's no way out. You sin, sin equals death, which eternally equals hell. But there is a plan that has been laid out by Christ Himself. That is, if we will believe in Him, we will believe that His death on the cross paid our debt of sin, then we can be saved. We can be made children of God. And that is the question I have to ask you. Will you trust Him? Will you turn to Him, put away your life of sin, and follow in the life of the One who is bred from Heaven? The One in whom you will never go hungry. Well, until we meet again, friends, may God bless and keep you.
1: Sky. We long for Your touch. We cry for Your love. We come here to us. Oh God, mercy flows